Oh, here we go. No one can interrupt my groove today. Been watching rain skies move away. I just don't think that I can lose and I might just take a cruise and let the sunshine play. Something more, something new, something new. We are back. You might have just caught Drew and I waiting for the show to go live at the beginning, but hey, you know, when you what's what's it what's the saying when you come or you see how sausage is made? I, I don't know how it is, but anyway, we're back for the new season of the PGA Tour. Drew, how are you doing? It's great to talk golf again. Yeah, yeah, a long off season, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a brutal off season, and man, we're just we're chomping at the bit. That's right. No, I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, we have the Ryder Cups just on the horizon here. We got a a good tournament, good-ish tournament this week. So I'm excited to talk about it. And yeah, lots of of good things going on, man. So so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, good-ish. I cannot believe the... The field for for this week. It's kind of surprising. You get Rom in here, which is random. Hideki, like, what's Hideki doing? Huntman, how you doing? Huntman's a great dude. Big things coming from the hunt this weekend or this year, I should say. But yeah, crazy, crazy feel. But I, I, I'm just excited. I had a little bit of withdrawals with not kind of watching or sweating lineups. I, I tweeted something Friday. I was like, my anxiety showed up that there was a cut, cut sweat, even though there was no cut sweat. Like it was almost like conditioned to have a, an anxiety on a Friday afternoon. I mean, how do you feel about the, the season coming back? Yeah. So, I mean, it's Friday. You're just like wanting to refresh DraftKings on your phone every like 30 minutes when it comes to Friday afternoon um, to see that there's nothing there. So then it even felt more compelling to jump into, you know, whether it's football or whatever, just to get our weekly fix. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it was a strange week because, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, not just you and I, but just both of us in general for a long time. So any week that there's not any DraftKings, I know you could have went the Euro side, which had a which had a good field in that event, but yeah. I chose to take the week off myself. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe a week off is a good thing. We're primed to, to start the season out on a good note. You're fresh. You're fresh. That's I didn't right. take a week off. I threw a single entry and did the BMW last week. Didn't go well, but anyway. But I, I'm, I'm really excited for the fall swing. Fall swing, actually, and this is before I was even tweeting out stuff last year that the fall swing was one of the most profitable and i think it's because that when when it's just golf everybody focuses on the research the weekly process of golf but when you have nfl and there's baseball going on too soon you know nba will be here before we know it it just kind of deludes everything and then i think I people come on wednesday night they're like oh my gosh the tournament's starting tomorrow and so they just throw a bunch of lineups together and I think they just read or whatever people are touting. And then so ownership gets maybe even more influence and people just go with the highly owned guys. So actually this time last year, I had some of my, my best tournaments uh, in, in the kind of fall swing. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, the guys yeah. coming from the Corn Ferry Tour uh, that nobody really knows about. But if you exactly. fall golf, like you're a big golf fan. You know, you're a big fanboy with golf. You know the Corn Ferry guys. So it's maybe an opportunity to take advantage of that. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, we know NFL for the most part is is king when we talk about pretty yeah. much anything. Um, and and everybody, whether they're in the – like, I feel like there are a lot of people love the, the seven months without football. They dive deep into the golf. And then to your point, when football rolls around, then they have the time that they need to take to, to think through and, and research and build the lineups for the NFL side. 
And, and so then they're kind of like left with not not enough time to really dig in and do the research on the golf end. So that's where we're hopefully take advantage uh, of them. And and but no, it's 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 fun, man. And again, golf never stops. One week off, and and we're back yeah. at it. And to your point, I mean, John Rom's here, which is is interesting and and uh, it's I mean, interesting it, it is it, he clearly is the one guy that pops off of the uh the page there's a little that life like, influence maybe into that one coming yeah, in the yeah, <laughs> yeah the little wine country action yeah enjoying right. themselves yeah no doubt she's like yeah we can go to napa sure what's the wine you know he's he's from spain so we know he likes the like the wine so what's the wine narrative going to be this week look out from that from maybe the podcast the wine well, listen she but. she just has got done having a kid so she's probably been ready she's to go right. counting down the days for no uh, doubt for, for trip napa <laughs> but uh, speaking of seeing so a drink we got it's nfl tonight it's my ravens plan Gosh, the most unluckiest offseason. I, 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 it seems like ACL is like a thing now. Like you catch it like COVID. I, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. But speaking of drinks, so I got to say this. You know, here in Kentucky, we love the bourbon. This is bourbon country. 98% right. of the world's bourbon comes from Kentucky. And so if you want a good fall drink, a little bit of apple cider bourbon is great. And so I'll tell you what. If, if anybody that tries that drink who haven't tried it, Send me a picture of it on Twitter. I'll like I'll Venmo you two bucks. Just if you got a if you got an apple cider bourbon, I, I'm telling you, it's the best fall drink there is. But you're not here for that. We're talking about goals. Begin the new season. I'm a big goal guy because you know what? There's a lot of truth. You know, I'm a therapist, psychotherapist, so we talk about you know beliefs versus wants versus needs. And so when you actually believe something to happen, your mind and your body works in a way to achieve that instead of just, oh, I hope or I'm wanting it to, to happen. And so kind of goal setting is key within that. So we're talking about goals within DFS. And Drew, do you have any goals maybe that you're looking forward to or you have maybe this DFS year? And Yeah, you, you know, and it's, it's kind of perfect timing for us because we got this show together basically clean slate. We, I mean, we were there for the playoffs, but we're turning this thing over to a fresh slate. Uh, DFS-wise, um, just continue to follow the process. We talk about it all the time is it just because the results might not be there. You can continue to follow the process. And I think the more that we yeah. talk about it and stick to it, that, the, that, you know, we're going to win money and we're going to help people out. Um, so the one thing that I'm going to do is continue to stick to this process. Um, and I think the more we talk through it, the better. But just as a show in general, continue to be interactive, continue to grow and continue to have fun. I mean, we're having a good time on Monday nights. I look forward to the show every week. I know you got stuff coming up on Tuesday nights. The man, he's everywhere. Jers, uh, dude, Jers is growing, dude. He's shooting to the moon. I'm excited about what he has. He shows his face on, on, uh, you know, for the first time, and like, and now he's taken off. But he's a great dude, and and again, we're just going to continue to grow and have fun. Um, and I just want to see where the show goes, and I have a feeling that it's going to go places. So I'm looking forward oh, to it. Very much so, and I love what you said about the process. This is what. I might want to hammer home every single week of this fall slate is that the focus on the process. So many DFSers, especially within golf, live like paycheck to paycheck, for example, where they, okay, I got, you know, 50 bucks left in my DraftKings account. I'm going to use that to, you know, play the, the golf contest upcoming. But what that does is, is it kind of handicaps your strategy. So for example, well, let's just pretend that I'm going to fade Rom totally this week. And I don't know if I will. I mean, I very much could. 
But if I'm just living paycheck to paycheck in DFS, I'm like, gosh, oh, money's tight. I can't do that. Rom's more a sure thing. I'm going to land on that. But if I'm focusing on process, that process to find leverage at any, and it might come this week, it might come next, it might come at, at Harbor Town and Hilton Head in, in, in April. Yeah, April. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're just focusing on the process to optimize your chance to win a GPP. And so that is, so I, you know, make goals. And just like how Justin Thomas would post almost year to year on his little notepad on his phone is make your DFS goals. I'm key on that. And so, you know, I'm not going to share mine because I don't want to, you know, sound like an idiot, but, but I, I have my goals, what I want to do with the GPPs and profit and everything. And if you constantly come back to those goal settings and if you even set measurable goals, so things that you can kind of see that how you're turning to achieve them, well, your mind and your brain are naturally moving in that direction. So big, big on the goal, big goal guy. I like it, man. I, listen, and, and to your point, it, everybody's goals are going to be so different because everybody's oh, yeah. either had as a lot of skin in the game or is living paycheck to paycheck and we're trying to play the small nickel and dime game. Everybody's different, right? And and there's no wrong or right or rhyme or reason to, to what you're doing. So again, you know, it's also one of those things where it's like, for me that I found that one of my issues was anytime I had a really big week, I'd outstretch myself the next week. Right. So yeah. it's like, Hey, I had a big week. I made some good profit this week. Let's let's go out and spend more than we normally do because we try to I try to keep to somewhat of a structure on a week to week basis to kind of keep me, you know, in line rather. Um, but yeah, you find like you know you have a you know have a big win and and it's it's part of the process. This is what we do week in and week out. So if you do have a big week or you have a bad week, it's it's don't jump one way or the other. Just stick to what you're doing and and don't get don't let the highs be too high and the lows be too low. I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's an excellent excellent point. And so, but I, I'm excited, and I'm I'm excited for us. And and you know, this is this podcast with the approach is all about making money. You know, there's other you know podcasts out there might be entertainment around the golf world. This is strictly about making money. We want to turn this into a side hustle or a business for you all because the, within the approach, if we have a right approach to the DFS, it's sustainable. I mean, this isn't going to the casino and playing the roulette wheel. This is sustainable. So speaking of what sustains, there's nothing that sustains more than, Drew, your information on your course report for the PGA Tournament. And this week we're at Silverado. So tell us about Silverado and yeah, what, what we want to look out for. Yeah, I mean, it takes kind of takes place of the Safeway Open, which we we know for a long time, and it's it's not a long golf course this week. The other interesting point, so we're looking at what just over seventy one hundred yards, which par yeah. 72, 7,100 yards on on this level um, of player and skill is is relatively short. Uh, we also look there's really not a whole lot of trouble on the golf course. We have fifty bunkers, we have two hazards. Um, we've seen different kinds of players win here, right? We saw Cameron Champ, which basically just took the bomb and gouge. They say they have three inches of rough. When we're talking <laughs> you about – You don't get much rough out there. Yeah. And when we're talking about a lot of the par fours, there's one par four that's over 450 yards. So guys are going to have the opportunity to just kind of bomb it and hit wedge and give themselves birdie opportunities. We've seen in the last five or six years, it's basically been between 20 under par, 21 under par, and 16 under par. So we're thinking anywhere between 18 and 20 is going to get it done. But what again, the, the the one thing this golf course has, and 
And to my point, I don't know how much you want to read into it. Is it's very hard to hit the fairways. They have small fairways relative to other golf courses, especially the last five to seven we've seen. So it's going to be tough to hit the fairways. Um, of course, we look at every week, and I can sit up here and tell you, hey, approach is super important, which I do think it is at a golf course like this. However, I, I'd like to look at it a little deeper to somewhat try to gain an advantage. So to my point earlier, we have all the par fours are basically between 400 to 450 yards besides one. So what's the par four efficiency from par fours in, in that range, right? Mm -hmm. And then also we want to talk about proximity. Well, proximity is, is kind of a large statistic, but we can dial it into what kind of yardages we're looking at. So based off oh, the yeah. distance of the hole, we can say that there's going to be a lot of wedges and short irons anywhere between 100 and 150 yards. So we can dial in that 100 to you know, 125 or 125 to 150. And that gets us a little bit away from the strokes gained. Um, which, you know, a lot of people are going to be using. Of course, we head to POA, a more of a POA green, which is completely different than where we were, you know, where we were. Of course, we head to the West Coast, which we've seen over time. There's certain guys that tend to play really well on the West Coast swing or when we're playing West Coast golf courses because POA is definitely a different surface. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do believe when we can start – looking into stats a little bit more out of the strokes game to try to hone in some guys we like. Um, but it's interesting and you got to kind of go through the processes. Do you value the ability to just go bomb and gouge it? Um, because that's going to be the play for a lot of players or others are going to be again, leaving themselves with wedges from that one to one fifty proximity. And then we can kind of look at, 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 you know, our, our efficiencies on par fours between four to four fifty. Uh, and I think that's kind of where I'm starting my process this week. I love it. And to just remind everyone, if this is your first time listening, you know, Drew is an ex PGA teaching pro. So no, knows his stuff and send him your videos. Oh, my buddy. If Nate, if you're watching Drew, he's got to be next on your queue to do the video. He's been, I've been, he's, he, we do a big money game every week. And luckily I've been really lucky. I've been taking his money the last couple of weekends. So you like, do right, not I'm, want it to be on top of the list then? Because it sounds no, like you're going to be bottom at the queue. It needs to be bottom at the queue. But I, I love what you're. I love what you said, and and so that's why the approach is so great. We have a you know the, the PGA teaching pro on here, and I'll just say one other thing about that. And you mentioned proximity from 100 to 125, and all all round where the wedges are going to be used. But what's kind of silly is that here at Silverado, I think 17 percent of approaches come from 100 to 125, and the tour average is 11 percent. So that's that's pretty big discrepancy there, and so we want to really want to look look at that, um, yeah, at, at, at that range. And and I'll say this, yeah, the fairways are a little tighter. But one thing I also notice is that dr driving accuracy is 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 substantially less important here than the average tour stop because of that. You know, they say three inches of rough. The rough is not thick, and there's no trouble. Um, and I can't remember, but it was something like Cameron Champ didn't even hit that or drive the ball that well, but he just drove it far and was able to get out of trouble. So I'm not concerned with that. And that's music to my ears for a few guys that I like coming up. But let's just dive into who we like um, for, for this week and pricing was released today. That was a fun site. We're talking about the top of the board. Drew, start us off. Who do you like in maybe 10K and above? Yeah, I think the first name that jumped off to me that was an easy chalk put in is, is Webb Simpson. 
Um, I know Webb didn't get the nod to be on the Ryder Cup team. Um, yeah. A lot of that was, I mean, I, he hasn't played a ton of Did he get the call, though? Did he, yeah, get, did right. he get the call from Stricker? I mean, some Billy Horschel was very upset that he didn't get the call. Um, I'm bummed Stricker didn't call me. I, <laughs> yeah, what yeah, are exactly. you doing, Stricker? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, listen, if you look at Webb's last five starts, he's gained 2.4 strokes. Um, the other thing is, for me, the one thing he struggled with as of late is off the tee, and I think that's negated by some of the points that we've made. Um, again, Webb Simpson's not overly long, but but he's above average, and we're at 7,100, um, just over 7,100 here. There's going to be a lot of, of short irons being hit into these pin locations. Um, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities. He's a good putter. Poa is his best surface. Um, and I just like everything about Webb here. And Webb's a, another kind of the guy that if you hammer into the 125, especially at this golf course in particular, from 100 to 125 here in the last 24 rounds, he is, is at the top of the list if you want to hone it into that, just this golf course specifically. So I love I love Webb Simpson this week. And I'm not a huge guy that rides Webb a lot in DFS, but it seems like the, the right play for me here. And then I'll just hit the other guy real quick. Another guy that maybe got the call, maybe didn't, is going to be Kevin Na. Um, we know he's a great putter, but when we look at my list, and I put together a list of the top three par four, four 400, 450 efficiency, and Kevin Na is atop that list. Uh, so he hits on a lot of the things that we like. Um, again, a, a wonderful ball striker, a guy that's going to give himself opportunities Another, it's the same kind of feel that I have with Webb. The struggles have been off the tee. And again, with there's no real trouble, right? And and so I think that the, some guys that you might see that might be struggling off the tee are some guy. If that's the one thing that you've seen that they've been struggling with lately, I think you roll the dice with them because I just don't think yeah. it's a big of a deal this week. Um, yeah. And and so in his last five, Kevin Nas gained almost seven strokes gained total. So Playing well in the last five, kind of, yeah, you can say you got snubbed or not, but I just feel like this is a great fit for Kevin Na and and kind of the way he plays. A uh, thousand percent with, with both of them. And I, just to reiterate, maybe specifically with Webb, Webb's trending well. Like back to old Webb, kind of. In the last three events, gained strokes gained, approach five, 2.4, 8.5, which is silly. Coming to POA, uh, Webb. Is yeah, is he's gonna be a great play, and then and then I just want to you know nah too, I, you know I love nah everything that you just said. I'm not gonna talk about him, but let's just like talk about Rom just for one second. Rom sure. statistically within the last 24 rounds hasn't been all that great with the wedges. There's kind of what what you need here, and so at his price, which is above 1200, I think he's 12 one. You you need him to to, to win, and he's he's odds are you know he's in crazy like four to one five to one in between somewhere this week it's just tiger that's tiger era stuff man yeah <laughs> it, it, and so i am finding a lot of reasons to fade rom but here's what you're going to have to do and just be very key if you like rom you're going to have to hand build a lot of lineups if you're doing the 150 max injury you have to hand build a lot of lineups that are contrarian and we'll give you some contrarian plays, especially down in the 7K, 6K range. So please hold on because I love that range. This is where we make our money. But the, I am finding more reasons to fade Rom than, than to play him. But I remember I'm focusing on process over the exact, you know, what the results of the tournament. So that not, might not be great. 
But uh, yeah, I just Webb Web is great, and I'll be interested to see what Fanshare says about his ownership and what yeah. Rom too. Yeah, oh, Rom's the weird one. I yeah, saw Rom, that Rom today earlier. Not to cut you off, that Rom at twelve one is the most expensive player since twenty eighteen in DraftKings. Yeah. So yeah. It, again, if you're if you want to if you want the cream at the top, you're going to have to to figure some things out down at the bottom half, which which hopefully we can give you some insight into. Yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. But let's go down. Let's go down to 9K a little bit. Talk about 9K and who you like and what, what are we thinking down there? Yeah, Sebastian Munoz, um, a guy that really has had a, a really good year. And you want to talk about a ball striker um, from proximity from 100 to 125. He's fifth on tour for the year. So he kind of fits that mold that I've been trying to get into. 3.1 strokes gained approach in his last five. Um, his best surface is POA as well. So – it, it's he's one of the guys that kind of flashed at me that that I feel like it's been consistent and in this range I'm I'm certainly okay with it based off the field so I'll go with Munoz on that one and then the other guy which this is the tough one for me I mean I'm gonna go with Cameron Champ I know he's won this golf tournament right and I know I'm not gonna sit here and spit out stroke scans because we know the story he's terrible around the greens he's terrible on the greens but recently he hasn't been that way. Um, he's only losing strokes around the greens in the last five. He's actually in the green as far as strokes game putting. So you love to see that, um, again, Bob gouge and he's sixth on tour and driving distance. I just don't think there's anything that's stopping him from just getting up and ripping driver. And I just think he's going to give himself a lot of looks. Of course, he's going to have to putt well. Um, but as bad as his putting is, and he loses strokes on any surface, <laughs> but what Poa does seem to be his best. He's kind of the the one that I'm. I just love the upside there. It's just tough yeah. to. It's tough because I know all the other things. But in the last five, the way he's been trending with the putter, if he's breaking even on strokes gained around the greens or strokes gained on the greens rather, then he's a very interesting play because he's going to have lots and lots of of flip wedges into these holes. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. And. The 9K range here with Tringali, Leishman, Siwoo, Varner. I, I'm sorry, but Cameron Champ is more talented, has more upside mm -hmm. than all of them. And we saw in Minnesota what he can do when he drives well and it, with his you know, wedges, what, what he can do. It, it's hard not to like Cameron Champ. And it, there's a reason why he won here, which is his first W. There's a yep. reason why. I court that because driving – and you know what also is kind of maybe – has a lesser of an influence. This tournament is around the green. I was researching that around the green is lesser of a play around here than most PGA Tour events. So it's hard not to like Champ. You know, Champ is almost like a model oddity where he might not formulate well in a model, but his talent that in the upside that he has, I, I, I think he's going to win a major. And that's not to say he's going to be number one in the world or be consistent. He's not going to be consistent. But his talent is just undeniable. He, I mean, he almost won in San Francisco the year Colin Morikawa that he was right there and just, you know, and popped. So anyway, those are great play. Munoz too. I, I love Munoz in this fall swing. I had a huge outright on him last fall. Um, actually, had I think I had COVID then and it was on on the couch rooting for him. It made things. It made things better. That's the cure. That's the cure. I got COVID cure. I had the antibodies because of Nino's. But I'll, I'll just say, I'll just talk about Varner real quick. He's yeah. going to be very popular. And it's, 
it's hard to stomach a 9K Harold Varner. I, it's He should never be 9K. But in this field, the field's weak, so he's going to be. So we just recognize the field's weak. But, you know, he's, he's gained strokes, gained approach in four straight tournaments. He's 13th from the most important proximity stat, 125 to 150. It's hard not to. He's trending really well in here in my trend model. It's hard not to like Varner. Uh, I'll just throw that out, but he's going to be popular. Uh, so do with it what you will. Check in the fan share ownership. You know, it's For these sure. type of tournaments where, and I, I know I'm being a homer, but it's just so important from the game theory perspective to have a thing, have a the subscription to fan share because the ownership is so vital. We're going to talk about Mito later, which turned, he's, he's looking like he's going to be very chalky. But a lot of guys haven't played in a month. We're getting Corn Ferry Tour guys. So there's a lot of unknowns. And it's almost like Vincent Wally when he made the cut. Why are you going to be invest in someone who's so highly owned when there's so many question marks? It, we're, we're going to talk more about that. And the other I'll just say, Zalatoris is in the 9K range. It, it, this is not a Zalatoris course. This is not a Zalatoris week. He, he struggles – yeah, he struggles with, you know, congrats to him being rookie of the of the year last year, but he struggles with the wedges. I want Zalatoris on tight fairways, long course, where approach is key from 170 above. That's where I want Zalatoris, not 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 here. The the other kind of name I'll just kind of give out that I actually kind of think has great upside is Siwoo. Siwoo ranks second in proximity from 125 to 150. That's a secondary important stat. Siwoo is one of those guys that you have to have a couple shares of because of the variance that he that, – that is just Siwoo. He'd go yep. miscut, miscut, win, miscut, misquit, and you, you just want to offer that upside, and I don't think he'll be highly owned. So let's move to the AK range, and now we're getting start, started into the bread and butter section a little bit. Who do you like in the AK? Yeah, you know – the more I started looking at it, and the more things that we we've we've referenced that we we value this week, I think Charlie Hoffman has to be a play, and and Charlie oh, Hoffman, yeah, and and Charlie Hoffman, Hoff, let's go, man. yeah, that's right, dude. I mean, think about it. So we talk about the one hundred to one twenty five. He's eighth on tour from one twenty five to one fifty. He's nineteenth on tour. The guy's just a fantastic ball striker. I know I'm beating this to death, but Poa is his best surface. Charlie Hoffman is kind of an under the radar guy, but when we when Charlie Hoffman to me at 8K could easily have been a low 9K guy. Yeah. Um, for those reasons, he had a really rough week at the BMW. When I say a really rough week, I mean you don't even want to look at numbers. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're just gonna push, we're just gonna move along. But I think you know it, that's more of an outlier than it is the norm. Um, and he's just a fantastic ball striker, and I think this golf course suits him well. The other guy is Max Homa, and and I know Max Homa has. It was kind of a, a season for Max Homa, right? You know, he he got his big win at Riv. You know, it was kind of a roller coaster ride. We thought he was kind of blossoming into a to a really solid player, and he he, he certainly still is. Um, but but he's another good ball striker, and he's a good wedge player, and I think that that fits him well here. Um, it, Again, weaker field in the 8K range, I feel good about him. Where other weeks with the better field, I think he's at somewhat more of a disadvantage. But I think that that he's a confident player. I think he's going to be good here. But he's been terrible with his putter. Uh, everything else outside of the putter has been okay. Like him. It's really not. not. It's and not that's like and him. that's the kind of the thing that you have to sit back and think of is, 
is is this become a trend or is this something that you expect him to snap out of? I think when I look at the 8K range, he's one of the most, if not the most talented in that range. Uh, yeah. And so I'm going to roll with him at 8K. Um, it, being a good ball striker, again, things kind of went downhill towards the back end of the year, especially with the putter. But it, it, all it takes is one week to get things back going. He's a guy that's going to give himself opportunities, especially with a lot of wedges in his hands. Those opportunities are going to be, you know, in better proximity than a lot of the other guys I see in the AK range. Yeah. And I'll just say this about Max Holman and Colt Nose will say it on the PGA Tour broadcast at CBS. Max Holman is one of the most talented golfers that has underperformed so far in his career. Max Holman is very talented. The only thing, and I, I'm actually likely fading Max. I, lo I love Max on difficult courses. Yeah. The Riviera, you know, then he, he won in, um, oh, what's the course? What am I thinking of? You know, like as in North Carolina, uh, his other one. But anyway, he, he, he excels on difficult golf courses. This is not a difficult golf. And we got, we got some Drew fans in the house. Hashtag Noah JD. JD. What's going on? So we, so, so yeah, I love Homa on difficult golf courses. This is not a difficult golf course. I'm seeing his name pop a lot. I, I, he he might be he might be a fade, but I Quill love. Hall. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Quay Hall. Oh, that's what yeah, I'm sorry about, about that. Quay, the Quail. <laughs> I was hoping you'd catch that. So the Quail. But I love the Hoffman call. Hoffman is popping up everywhere in every single model I do. He's seventh from the most important proximity stat, 100 to 125th. He's 12th and 14th in the other wedge category. So Hoffman, and he's actually kind of trending kind of a little nicely in here, maybe with some, um, you won't maybe see it with his results, but some of his ball striking numbers. So I really love Hoffman. He actually ranks third in my just overall model. So Hoffman is, is very high. I'd be interested to see what his ownership would be. But I want to talk about two guys. First is Steven Yeager, the German who's coming on the Corn Ferry Tour, who lit it up in the Corn Ferry the end of the year, but in the Corn Ferry Finals. He is amazing with his wedges. And I love this. He's in lower AK range. And because he's not a well-known name like a Max Home or Charlie Hoffman, he's going to go low on. And I tell you what, this Steven Yeager dude is legit. He is very strong. But I want to come to maybe the best opportunity to play a guy that I think has so much talent and we've had, we haven't even scratched the surface with them and that's the Gooch. So Taylor Gooch. So we're talking about a course where you do not need to drive it straight. Taylor Gooch, that is his something that's holding him back is this off the tee numbers over his career is holding him back here at this tournament in Silverado off the tee has lesser value than an average PJ tour event. He's 11th in strokes gained approach proximity from 100 to 125. He ranks ninth in overall approach. He's great with the wedges. He's great with the poach. This, this course is the exact fit for Taylor Gooch. And I want to tell you something about Max Homa. So the people that followed me way, way, way at the beginning, so this time last year, and maybe a little later, back in kind of February, January, I was touting Max Homa was, was turning toward his win. The only person that may have been following me there is RDR, RTR, Roll Tide Roll. I don't know if he's watching right now, but at Phoenix and at Pebble Beach and then at the Riv, I was saying, dude, Max Homa, Max Homa, Max Homa. He goes 13th, 4th, and he wins. And touted them all those three weeks. Taylor Gooch is on that same trajectory. He's just as talented and maybe even a little more than Max Homa. He should be 9K. 
and this is the time to really, really buy low on Taylor Goose. Let's go. Again, yeah, again, to recap, he's his bugaboo, his thing is holding his back, is off the tee, accuracy off the tee. You don't need that in this course. He's great with the wedges. He's great with the approach. He's His best surface is POA. Here we are. His best surface is POA. He's lost strokes game putting the two of the last three, and that is not consistent with overall his career or how he is putting. Taylor Gooch is, is a hammer play. Bet him outright. He's going to be a lock. He might be 100% of all my lineups I make, Taylor Gooch. I, I tweeted out – Four months ago, I said, Taylor Gooch in the fall swing, you watch out, and Silverado is his course. I, I love the Gooch. I can't talk more about him. I, listen, me and everybody else needs a Gooch win for you, man, because you're yeah. that's your guy. And, and yeah, we've been waiting for it. Ridley, we have, man. It's it's time to go. It's I'm excited. Listen, I, I think he has a good week. And to your point, not only is it the eight range, he's the bottom of the eight range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, he's, and, he's more talented than Harold Varner. I'm sorry, flat out talent. We'll see. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Call me in 10 years. Taylor Gooch is going to have a better career than Harold Varner. He's severely underpriced. Yeah. At the AK. I agree with you. Yeah. And, that, and that's I'll, again, I'll fight somebody. If you yeah, don't you want to you're like, I, what do you think about Taylor Gooch? Like, I don't even know who that is. You're like, well, damn it, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I agree. I, um, uh, there's, there's certain, and, and I think for a guy like Taylor Gooch, this is a perfect platform, perfect golf course, perfect field to kind of come in, show out, and 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 start start where you're at, right? You know, start you start the career, you know, let's start building on this. Uh, can certainly give him the confidence, you know, talent wise. Um, for him and Harold Varner, I, I think it's it's not even close. And I love Harold Varner, right? I do, yeah. I do, I. I and, and, but yeah, I uh, I think it's a great week for him, man. And I um, I think it's it's a good call. And everybody's rooting for. I know everybody in the DFS community loves for 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 a Gooch win for you. I guarantee it. Well, and, and I'm not even I, I'm not even that big of a Gooch fan. I, it's just, it's almost like a stock where you see it's just low, 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 and you yeah. know it's about it's to erupt. Like that guy's game is incredible. And it's just like he's he's getting undervalued in the, in the betting markets and DFS. Yeah, I, I mean the guy seems like a square. I mean, I, I wouldn't like want to have a beer with him. I, I probably if you're, if you're watching, I do want to have a beer with you. But I mean, he's not like Sorry. be my boy. But you know, after sports talking about Rogers, yeah, this is a Rogers time. I don't I don't think you and I were planning on talking to Rogers much because we see how popular he is. But yeah. You know, I'll just say one thing about Pat Rogers and really, you know, he's my golf buddy here in Kentucky. I talked to him about that. Rogers, unfortunately, is one of the he has the he's the underperformed maybe most with what his, what talent he has. A great college career, a great am career. But on the West Coast and in a course like this, he struggles off the tee, too. That's what holding him back. And this is a great course for Rogers. And I, I just want to say something about Mito. You know, he's kind of turned into some Cinderella. You know, he's like the the girl everybody wants to take to prom. Yeah. There's not a lot of stats backing up. We know what he's done in the Corn Ferry Tour. He lights it up. He's a birdie maker. But there's so many unknowns. We haven't seen much from because of the playoffs and everything. I mean, do we really want to risk, you know, taking the, the bullet with all that ownership for right. all these question marks? You know, I don't know. He, does, he definitely does have upsides. Just real quick, do you have any thoughts on Mito? No, the upside's there, but again, for me, the ownership is going to walk me right away from it. Um, yeah. Because it, 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 if we look in this range at the AK, he is going to be. We've seen it already all over. It's he's the most popular name. 
And I understand his success on the on the you know the Corn Ferry Tour, but I want to see him play well. And I'm not saying he's not going to play well, but in this range, in this range, I think that there's other options that I like more, and that are going to be at less ownership. And again, he's he's definitely got a, a promising future ahead of him, but. I'm not buying all in this week and, and maybe I'll have a share or two here or there, uh, but, but he's definitely not somebody that's going to be, uh, you know, in my, probably in my player pool at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. And speaking of guys you love this week, there's one guy maybe specifically that you mentioned you like in the seven K range. And I want to hear your take and I'm going to shove something down your all's throats in the seven K range, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we all look forward to that. Um, Pat Perez is the first guy I'm taking in the 7K range. Um, not good off the tee. Not good off the tee. Again, this is the narrative that we're pushing. Hopefully, it's 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 good, right? Hopefully, this is going to uh, to be the narrative. But talk about a great ball striker. Pat Perez is that. He's going to give himself opportunities. Yeah. Um, he's gained almost four strokes gain total in the last five events. From from the the 100 to 125, he's 31st on tour. He's trending well. Um, again, the off the tee thing I'm putting aside. I think talent wise, he's he's right up there in the seven K range. I don't see Pat Perez winning this golf tournament. I want to make that clear. Um, mm. But I, that doesn't mean he's not a great DFS play. Um, and 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 so I like him. The other guy, and this is the guy that I know you've you've been around a lot of Hudson Swafford here and you were on him at the right times and you were off yeah. of him at the right times. And I actually like think Willie that, Z. that's right. And I, yeah. I honestly believe, and I know his ownership might be up there, but I think at the seven K range, this is the right time to get back on Hudson Swafford. Uh, last three starts, 17th, 11th, 37th. He's playing good. Um, he's, he's gained, he's almost gained over two strokes in the last five total. Poe is his best surface. We talked about it again. Bring it back. And again, a good ball, a good ball striker. He's, you know, in the top 25 from 125 to 150. At the in in the 7K range, I'm very, I'm very comfortable playing him in this field. It feels like he could be an 8K range player in this field based off the way he's been playing. It's just all about getting on him at the right time. And for me, this is the right time. You you seem to be the master of the, the Hudson Swafford correct timing. I wonder what you think about it. Well, I like I'm not as I'm not as bullish on him as you, but one thing I really love, I'm a huge on Pat Perez this week. You have to play Pat Perez. He needs to be one of your highest owned guys. He ranks fifth in my overall model. He's great with the wedges. The surprising thing with Pat Perez is over 24 rounds, he's first in the field in strokes gains par five. Just just silly. And he's, he's great off the tee. I mean, we're not, I shouldn't say great off the tee. He's great with good drives. It's a combination of accuracy right. and drive, driving distance. He doesn't even hit it that far, but he's great with the wedges. And I, I love Pat on the West Coast. And that's that. whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. So Pat on the West, I'm a huge Pat Perez, Perez guy this week. And he's actually trending the fourth best in my trend model. And, yeah, at 7,900, he, he should he should be – a thousand more. It should be eighty nine hundred. So I love Pat Pat Perez. And the the other guy I, I really really like in this range where there's two. But it's time to jump in back on Kazire. You know the same thing we we kind of talked about with Gooch. What's Kazire's biggest weakness? Well, it's accuracy off the tee. But if we want a guy that can putt lights out and guy that can hit the club with his wedges, it's it's Kazire. So he, I'm big on Kazire. 
And the other is Sepp Straka for the same, almost the same reason. Sepp is trending 11th best in the field in my trend model, but also kind of has you know pretty decent with the the wedges. And you know when he when he gets rolling with the putter, we saw the Olympics, we saw a bunch of first round leaders this past year. He uh he, he can go low real quick. So watch out for Sepp at 7600. That's an odd pricing to me. I mean, Sepp at 76 is, is very strange. And and so those are the other two guys I want. And I know we're running low on time. Uh, but the other – I'm sorry, there was one – I had I lied. There was one other guy I wanted. And this is not going to be a well-known name. And this is maybe one of my better plays outside of Gooch. But is Adam Svensson. So trending very, very, very well with his ball striking. He hasn't played in a lot of tournaments lately. But over the long haul, he ranks number one at 7,200. Adam Svensson ranks number one in my model. He's fourth on approach. He's 16th with good drive. But what I love is he's first and fifth within those wedges category, 75 to 100, 125 to 150, 100, 120. He is right up there. So Adam Svensson is going to go really, really, really low on. But long term, he has the stats. And the short term, he has the stats too. 7,200, low ohm, Adam Svensson, remember the name. Remember the name. Yeah. I love it. So what about 6K below? What are you thinking? Yeah, so just kind of value plays. One guy that I like and, and is Ryan Armour. And so yeah. if you remember correctly, in his last three starts, he has a sixth, a fifth, and a miscut. And the miscut is when everybody was on him, right? It, the course setup, everything fell to Ryan Armour, and he just didn't play well. But in the 6K range, he's 28th in par 4 efficiency from 400 to 450, which meets our bread and butter. And he's he's pretty much in the plus almost three strokes in the last uh, – strokes gain total in the last three or five events, rather. So I just think that for a guy like that, he's he's actually trending well. I know the miscut. I'm looking past it. It was a terrible tournament. We all were heavily in on Ryan Armour, and we sit back and say, whoa. That was weird, and there was probably a reason it was weird. Um, but I think Ryan Armour this week, when I look in the 6K range, he does a lot of things well. He's playing well, uh, and he's a good iron player, for, and it fits kind of the categories that we, we were valuing this week. And then Kramer Hickok is going to be the other guy for me, another good ball striker, 14th in proximity from 100 to 125, 19th in par 4 efficiency from 400 to 450, uh, and, and he's he's been really solid across the board in his last five starts. I think those are two value guys that I'm going to be building lineups around. Again, if you want to go play Rom, we need to start maybe looking down here at right. 6K, and, and I'm sure that you got some value there on your end as well. Oh, I got a lot of 6K guys, a lot of 6K guys. But I'll just, I just do want to miss in Doc, Doc Redman, the 7K. He's another good play um, if you're trying to fill in and find some value. I really like Doc. But I want to mention Scott Stallings. Again, great with the wedges. He, gets, he has an opportunity. He's kind of trending nicely with those wedges. Like Duffner, surprisingly. Duff Daddy. Models, yeah, Duff, the Duff Daddy models out well for this course. Also like Mark Hubbard. You know, we know he can go low. We know we can get hot. Uh, Matthew Neesmith is someone that I think that is really, really going to surprise this week. He's another guy that I think has a lot of talent that has kind of been underperformed. And He's maybe a ball striking from- Jesse, dude. Matthew Neesmith exactly. is a ball striker. There's there's other is- things that are great, but, man, he, he can strike it. Yeah, and this is a second, stro- a second shot golf course, and so we want those ball strikers. And Matthew Neesmith in the 6K, 
has way much too much talent for, for, for that. And then also look out from the Corn Ferry graduates, look out for the Wu brothers. And so Dylan and Kevin Brandon. or Brandon, whatever the hell their name are, Wu is just W-U. Look, look out for them. They have a lot of talent. It's hard to distinguish between the two, but we're going to see them contend in a lot of tournaments this year. The Wu brothers, I don't even know if they're brothers. Are they brothers? I honestly don't. I don't think they are, but they could be. I just know what's Dylan what, and what's Brandon. <laughs> well, whether they're, they're yeah, whether, yeah, Dylan and Brandon, that's who it is. Whether they're blood or maybe they're just like bros. Hey, we're just brothers. Right. Like you and I are brothers. You know what I mean? The they just be that brother. <laughs> yeah, they're the woo guys. And then, but here's my favorite 6K play, and only the real ones will know how good this guy used to be. And so I know you, I think you mentioned you're older than me. So when you when I say the words Nick Watney, what comes yeah. to your mind? Yeah, I mean you got to think Nick. There was a time Nick Watney was a a top twenty five player in the world, I believe. Like top um, fifteen. I mean, he was kind yeah. of challenging Tiger in tournaments. Yeah, no, we there was there was years where Nick and Nick Watney is also the kind of player that I think is a good call because Nick Watney has no problem filling it up, and there's going to need to be around a sixty four or sixty three over the course of four days to probably get this done. If we're, if we're you know, thinking it's going to be in the 18 and 20 range. Um, yeah. That, Nick Watney and his little Nick Watney was rocking the flat bill before the flat bill was even a, a thing. Nike flat bill, um, yeah. Is Nike. Yeah. Nike flat bill. Yeah. I, uh, Nick Watney. And, and here's the thing that can happen in golf is you can wake up one day and just not have it anymore to an extent. I think Nick Watney had a little bit of that. He had, he had early success and then. Well, I think he had an injury too. Like he used to be one of the longest drivers of the ball and then had an injury and that kind of derailed it a little bit. But the one thing I love about Watney is his wedge game right now. And he's actually trending number one in my model for within the, those kind of wedges. Uh, so I, at 60, he's near minimum price. I, I think we see a Nick Watney sighting this week. I'd love to see a Nick Watney signing. Let's let's yeah. talk that into existence. Oh, I, I, Nick Watney is such a good dude. He was the first dude that had COVID and Hilton had. I mean, shots to Nick Watney. Evan Schwartz talking about Lanto. Lanto's another guy. He has a crazy history. Didn't even think he was going to make the PGA Tour. Almost gave it up. But he's ta- He's talented. I like. You know, I might not play him this week, but Lanto has a bright bright future. What do you think if about you Lanto? Can, if you can go watch his story, uh, Golf Channel yeah. did a piece on it, and it's it's really incredible. Lantau Griffin has he has he has a lot of talent. Um, it's the problem with his him has been putting together four four days in a row, and it just hasn't been consistent enough for him to continuously try to you know make paychecks and make it. For me, it, it's hard to play him based off the inconsistency that we've seen. But if yeah, if you go have time to go check out that piece that they did on Golf Channel on him, it was yeah. pretty fantastic and definitely worth your while. And so the last thing I'll just talk about is Silverado. Do you remember, I th- I'm pretty sure it was when, you know, Brendan Steele, I think, has won this tournament twice. So it's, like, worth noting. So Brendan Steele has a course history. Um, but Brendan Steele finished. Row. Yeah, I think two years in a row. And he won. He, he finished on 18. And, like, an hour or two hours later, the, the fires in that part of California just, like, engulfed the whole golf course. And then the stands that were left were just in flames. And just how crazy that that all was. I remember. Do you remember that? Remember that? I do remember that. Got caught on fire and yep. The, yeah, and so that's something to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I don't know if there's fire. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is either. But but you're right. It was, and, and it's kind of it's it's weird to think back at that because Brendan Steele. That's pretty much Brendan Steele's career. Were those were those two wins? I'm not saying that he hasn't had a solid career outside of that. 
Um, but but that was kind of like okay, like La Quinta. He's played okay over there. Yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. That was definitely a weird circumstance and the perfect timing. Perfect timing for for it to get done. And and yeah, when we're talking about out in Napa Valley, man, there's with the with the world nowadays and climate and, and whatnot, you never know what the hell is gonna happen. So I do remember that very well. Um, but yeah, that's that's good stuff. I've thought about that a long time. Yeah, it was like we thought that maybe I, I mean I'm such a degenerate, I was worried about they might not get the final round in, not because of the fires, but there was like red <laughs> smoke, like a fog delay almost. But well, the last thing I'll say, but maybe before we let you go, unless Drew, there's anything else. I know my, my Ravens play tonight. If you're a, an NFL better, I actually would make one recommendation, and that's about bet Vegas tonight. And actually, I think Vegas is a great money line bet. So if you're watching this or listening to it, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, this may be right, this may be wrong, but if I don't like betting against my teams, but if I was, tonight's a good night to bet against the Ravens and even maybe take the money line against them. Yeah, the last thing I'll say is not to get football, but I think that Marcus Peters being hurt at now for the season is way oh more gosh. significant than Gus Edwards. Um, that, oh, that's way more percent. significant. Yeah. So Marcus, so Peters, Marcus Peters was the heart and soul of our team. Like I, I think we – we kind of remembered the Titans, Marcus Peters. He came from a rocky pass from Kansas City to L.A., had a bad reputation, and he, he just fell in love and became such a team player with the culture here in Baltimore. And so losing him is, is 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 so tough. And we still got Humphrey. He's a great DB, but he was the heart and soul of the team. Like Marcus Peters was not someone you'd want to come get in a fight with, and we kind of lost <laughs> that soul of, of kind of Baltimore. And so, so we'll see. And – but anyway, Drew, you got anything else before we go? No, no, it was uh it's fun to be back. I, I'm excited about this week. I think uh I think we got some good plays this week. I'm feeling good about it, man. Some, I feel really good. Again, this is the op- these are the weeks when not a lot of people are playing golf is when you win GPPs. That's what happened last year. And especially really early in the that. NFL season, too, because everybody's yeah. like pumped and amped about it. Like we're Lions fans, like in three weeks, we'll be like, well, this kind of sucks. Well, we'll head back to DFS. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I think I think you there's value. Lions. I think it's a good week. Yeah, go Lions. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, keep, make money. This is a great opportunity to make money. This is a great sure. opportunity to focus. If you're a golf person, this is where you should shine. This is where you have an advantage. Let's let's take down and let's go Gooch and let's go Ravens, baby. We'll see you later. All right. Have a good one.